Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome along to the Wise Men's Day podcast. We have lots to get through tonight. We need to uh, review a game, preview a game, and there's a bit of a hot topic at the moment um, surrounding the club that people will probably expect us to do a little bit on. So we're going to crack on uh, and do that. Um, no Gareth tonight, so joining myself, Stephen Goldsworth, is uh, Richard Easterbrook. Hi, Stephen. You all right? Yes, I am. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just about uh, just about settled down from from Saturday. <laughs> I still haven't got over it. Uh, we'll we'll get into it, which which it's it's quite it's quite um, a decent thing actually. I feel like I'm feeling it again. Like in League in League One, when we lost, I just felt annoyed. Like we shouldn't be yeah. even in this division. What we're losing games for? More like angry. I I, I can't. I, you know, apart from maybe the Charlton playoff final, I, I don't think I've ever felt like really gutted after a defeat. More just pissed off. And I actually <laughs> all day on Sunday, I was just. I was just devastated. I couldn't shake it how good I was. So I think that's a good thing. We're, we're emotionally attached again. Or maybe it's just maybe it's just my journey and I'm selfishly sharing it. Um, joining us is uh, former Sunderland player, Lee. How are you as well? Got to get you back on, Lee. Been a while. Hi, lads. Everybody okay? Good. Yeah. Um, enjoy the game before the last before the last five minutes. thought the game was great. I've been impressed with Sunderland since we started this season. Uh, Coventry for 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Uh, and then Bristol City, and then thereafter, I thought I thought we were great against QBR, just a, a mad six seven minutes, and and that was mad. But overall, I'm, I'm extremely positive. Yeah, did you enjoy the game, Richard? Before the uh, last, yeah, absolutely. I, and I take what you say about it feeling like something. It did feel like an event. You know, it, it, the, the 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 standard of football, the speed of football is is better. The standard of the opposition is obviously better, and there's. It is just a little bit more exciting. I think the the you know the attendances of 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 have also kind of helped with that as well. And you know the pre match um, flags and the tifos and things they, they all kind of add to the the big game feeling. But yeah, it was um, there was lots to be enthused by on Saturday. You know, regardless of of, of what happened at the end. Um, and I think when when you consider the whole game plan was thrown into disarray after five minutes. For 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 the first to kind of hold out and control the game as much as we did until you know until twenty minutes from the end, I think it's it's difficult not to be enthused by that. Mm. Well, the positives first, anyway, because there are some negatives to take, obviously. Um, and it's just you know, I, I guess it's it's an indication of how well we've done, Lee, since, since we've come up like you've just said. We could and probably should be sitting top of the league on nine points. 
Yeah. I know every club. I know every club can say <laughs> if this, and if mm-hmm. I should have, would have, could have. But really, it took a bit of a wonder goal from Coventry, despite mm-hmm. them finishing that game strongly. It took a bit of a wonder goal for them to get a draw from that game. Then we've won, and then the the sort of freakish, almost set of circumstances that that, that yeah. ended up us yeah. giving away the three points. And um, the games are going to get harder, as we'll discuss later. But you know, it's if you try to be positive, that's that's where you start, isn't it? That, you know, I had a conversation. Being... Yeah, I was at a conversation today with a with a Blackburn uh, supporter, uh, and, he, and obviously he goes to the games, and, and we were discussing. You know, it's eight to ten games in before you real you see you settle a bit because you get a few freakish. But he he thinks Blackburn haven't played that well, but just being at times, you know, scoring at the right time, and that's what sometimes it is. We've been. Yeah, for me, I just think the uh, with Sims coming and playing two up top, being able to hold the ball up and then obviously platform for for Pritchard to pick it up and Evans. I mean, I thought Evans was terrific on uh, on Saturday. I thought it was able to, and and Dan Neil's able to get on the ball and I think we become a much 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 better much better team. And again, I cannot. Uh, I know you you said you were so disappointed and it was it and it, for me that's good. Because we thought we could have won that, and I thought it was robbed from us. I mean, we would we we were robbed, and I, I was devastated afterwards. But again, within minutes, I was like, "Do you know what? Like, that was a bloody good performance from Sunderland. That's the best I've seen Sunderland play in a three-match period in in, in quite a, quite a long, long, long while." Yeah, they've stepped up over there, and you've just mentioned Evans there, and we we were critical of Evans after the Coventry game, where I thought. The game just completely passed him by. He didn't look up to the pace of it all. You've just said that. I mean, and you alluded there, Richard, the speed of the, the move and the ball was really impressive. And he was sensational in the middle of the park. He's, he's really, really took that first game on board and stepped up. And that's all you expect your players to do, especially your captain. But um, best best he's ever played for us, I think, personally, the weekend, Corey Evans. Yeah, he looked great. I mean, he's, I, I, was, I was one of the... I was I was really concerned about the centre of midfield. Um, I still am to an to an extent yeah, because, still need buckles, because yeah. when you look behind what's what is our our first choice eleven is, especially in the centre of the park, because there's a concern. But but Neil and and and, and Evans are, are developing a, a real a real partnership, um, and it, it and it's it's really important to see that 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 they're working so hard defensively, but also. Working the ball forward as well. It's you're seeing this quality that we've seen in Dan Neil that we perhaps hadn't seen towards the end of the season because he wasn't getting that much game time. But it looks like the penny seems to have dropped for Alex Neil as well. That is that he he has got a quality player on his hands and potentially, uh, you know, like the the sky's the limit for for someone like Dan Neil. But he's shown already that you know even in a small sample size of of three games he's. He's got some some real quality there, and 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 I was surprised that Evans has taken back to Championship life so well, um, especially when there's you know there's been so many concerns over the last year or so over his over his fitness, and he's he's just getting through games without a fuss now. It's it's, well, it's good for now. It's good. We're on two games a week now, as I saw. That's yeah. gonna uh, it's gonna test him and, and the whole squad generally, isn't it? But I think I said after Bristol City that I thought the shape looked really good for the group players that he's got and that was just solidified on uh, the weekend. Yep. The two centre forwards, like you've said, pulling the defenders around, Pritchard picking up the space in the middle, like Richard just said there, a midfield combination behind them that look like they're, they're getting used to playing with each other. Mm. We'll get on to the depth of squad in a bit. Yep. 
But in terms of even the lads who played now with Ballard going off injured, injured that's such a, a huge blow. Mm. Um, and that's the area of the pitch suddenly again, where you're thinking, are we falling a bit short? We've conceded five goals in three games. Luke O'Neill's come on, and I think probably confirmed to us all that he's, he's probably better in defence at this level in, in midfield. But a couple of defenders on the bench, which you thought was interesting as well. I did. Um, I, being a, being well, both centre forward and centre half, I, I think I'd have been disappointed if I was uh, Bailey Wright or Alessi sat there and they're putting on well, predominantly a midfielder. Come well, he's, to be fair to Luke O'Neill, he's, he's he can play anywhere. But 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 again, if that is your designated position, if you are a specialised centre half and somebody else goes in in front of you, I found that a strange decision. Uh, and again, after yeah. Bill, Bill Wright's been given a two-year extension of his contract. You think he'd, he'd be he'd be next in? So I found that very very strange. Uh, but in terms of where we are with the shape, as you were saying, is if you remember Coventry, we just couldn't get out. We just we, we got deeper and deeper and deeper and couldn't get out. But now with Sims and uh, Ross Stewart, we're able to just help it up there. The that two lads are willing runners. They'll hold the ball up. And, and that's where you then you can play in your more creative players. And I think we look dangerous. We look dangerous. And again, we do concede. But I'm sure some scouts are being out there thinking, Sunderland are not a bad side. And where I was, I'll be happy to survive in the championship. I'm now thinking, yeah, I think we can do a lot better than that. Mm. What you just don't want to happen is these, these results to deflate the cycle. We've seen more than anyone what can happen with downwards momentum in football. And, you know, let's not forget we got five points from the first three games last time we were in this division and we saw what happened after that. The set of forwards being the difference, of course. We've got goals on the team now where perhaps mm. other teams we've struggled with, we haven't had goals. I think this season we finished on 15 points in the Premier League. I think we picked up most of those points in the first two months. Um, I remember seeing, I remember beating Borough away that took us out of the relegation zone and you would never have thought at that point the downward spiral would would, yeah. be, would take us to 15 points. But the goals in the team, Richard, I think, were the two strikers, two games alongside each other, both scored and both. That, that's the that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, they're looking like a real partnership as well. I don't want to kind of build them up too much and, and start saying it's it's a bit like Quinn and Phillips because it's, it's a very different dynamic. Um, but they're both kind of physical players who win the ball in the air, but they're, they're doing it for each other as well. So it's not a case of one being a target man, the other one kind of playing off him. They're, they're both doing it for each other. So as I said on the reaction part on Saturday, you know, there's there's elements where, where Stewart will drop deep. He'll win the ball and and knock it on for, for Sims and he'll do that and Sims will do the same for, for Stewart. So there seems to be like a, a really decent partnership forming. But the problem with that is there are only fit strikers and behind yeah. them there's there's nothing. Yeah. It, it kind of it makes makes you think when when there were suggestions the other week that Broadhead didn't sign because he didn't want to be third choice is a little bit misguided because had Broadhead signed, he would have been playing football. You know, he, he wouldn't have been out in the, in the reserves. He wouldn't have been on the bench all of the time. There would have been opportunities from this. He'd have played the last half an hour at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Without it's, a doubt. It's, it's a 46 game season. It, you know, it could be like 50, 50 odd game season. If, 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 if we were to go further in the cups, which we obviously not, got knocked out of the league cup, but, had had Broadhead joined, I don't think it would have been starved of football. So, no. so he wants to so, be playing every week, though. Richard again, he's got the yeah. World Cup, and that's the thing: is he, he really does he really want to take a gamble and say, well, I might get six or seven games in before the World Cup, or if I go to Wigan, I can get in ten, fifteen, and really cement me place in that squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what happens with that. 
Keep but anyway, he's gone. Keep he's gone. Forget about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we, we, and we get on score diff as well. I want to talk, but just on the game. I mean, people are probably listening now, thinking it's remarkable. We've spoken for as long as we have, and not mentioned the fact that a goalkeeper scored <laughs> a goal against us. And we were talking just before we come on, Lee, and I, I am with you on it. In that, yes, I was gutted, but I think that's just because we played so well. And um, you know, the first goal's a free kick. He's put in the top corner. Yeah, I've seen a couple of people try and blame the keeper, which I'm not having at all. He's got his, he's, you know, it's in the top corner. He did well at just get his fingertips. For me, it's, it's made in the game, a goalkeeper has his end side of the goal. If a lad can drip it, drop it over a wall that's most of them are over six foot and float it into the top corner, that's that's a hard reach from a, for a goalkeeper. He's got a hand to it, but for me, yeah. two, the only ways he gets is, is he guesses and goes early. And then what happens? Then he flicks it the other way and he gets beaten everybody. So for me, that's. Yeah. You just got to hold your hands up. That's, that's, that's top bins. That's, that's top bins. So. People should remember some of the goalkeeping we've seen here in the last five yeah. years and realise how harsh I've been with that one. Um, and then the second one, it's like, you know, goalkeepers come up, they usually get nowhere near it. It's the second time I've seen a goalkeeper score ahead of live. The other one was, was, was Mark Pope for us at Derby. Um, yeah. And the problem with that, Lee, is who picks a goalkeeper up? Because if that's why they do it, if, if 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 yeah, so if if a defender says right, I'm gonna leave my man and go mm. mark a keeper, and then the free man scores, that defender gets absolutely keen, doesn't he? For picking up a goalkeeper rather than an outfield player. But as you say, it doesn't happen. It's, it's freakish, and that's what happens. If the ball comes in in the box and it's on his head, he heads it. And not only does he head it, he <laughs> he heads it. Well, it's a great header. I mean, it is a yeah. great header. And but for me to, to to compound everything, he then makes an unbelievable. Double yeah. save. Yeah, that was right in front of me, and I didn't realise the second, like the shot against the bar from Embleton was a was a save as well. I until thought it was I saw, a miss. Yeah, until I, I saw it, it on Saturday yeah. on the on the replay, it was a bit like a bit like Monty's save. Um, where you just think that that's a miss, but it was an just incredible piece of goalkeeping in space mm-hmm. of like three minutes. And that's why I'm not too disappointed. I, no. I, again, I'm disappointed with it. You know, we, it was a game that we controlled, but there's just no way. <laughs> you can you can say oh yeah I, that's how I kind of put the lads down. I thought the effort, I thought we played well, everything. I put it's just two freakish accidents that happen, and now all of a sudden we've got one point instead of instead of three. Yeah, and and and, and this bit of quality from the keeper in, the, in this instance, there are little things that that, that worry us, and I think the midweek game, which we'll get on to, is, is going to be big um, test or a big um, sort of gauge on that front but I think um, you know when Roberts come on in the second half uh, for QPR and had a little bit quality he did he did concern our defence a little bit and I do feel like you know that is a that could be a weakness we haven't yet seen when we come up against this quality and I know the goalkeeper you're not expecting quality of that end of the pitch but you know the quality of the other end where he's made that amazing save to step up from what we've seen in League One and and you know, the only concern will be that the you know the players don't get too disheartened if this keeps happening. Because we saw the Coventry goal as well. It's a step we didn't see this kind of quality in League One, and this keeps if this keeps happening, that will be the only thing I can get a bit deflated about. But that's not gonna that's not gonna change until he brings reinforcements in. Because behind that starting eleven, there's no, what what is there? There's Patrick exactly. Roberts. Very... There's Patrick Roberts who who. Um, was very wasteful, I thought, when when he come on a sub, um, like I thought Clark was as well. Um, there's nothing, is there? 
You go through the pit, you go through the team. Luke O'Neill's come on defence, he's a midfielder. They didn't really have anybody to put on and, and do the job that Evans have been doing or the, the job that the two strikes have been doing. And until that's rectified, mm. this 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 little issue is always going to be there, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, Evans. I think we've got Ambleton. And I'll, I'll, I like Roberts. I think that's obviously... I'm I think, as well, yeah. Yeah. So there's a... But again... And I, th- and I thought we were quite strong at centre-offs. I mean, Bailey Wright was, was outstanding towards the end of the last season. He was absolutely brilliant. And, and unless he's just a guy that, you know, he just fits in the squad. So for, for, for me, yeah, I, I, again, strikers worries us because we've tried Jack Diamond in there. And, and, it, and the poor lad is just not his position. I mean, he looks like a fish out of water when he plays up there, unfortunately. Yeah, he's a winger. And then so we've got nobody else to play up there. So for me, that that's this, a striker and midfield and a right back. And a centre half now for uh, if Ballard's out. But again, it's, it's, it might be get a loan for, 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 for a few months and stuff. Maybe not some, but uh, but I, again, I, th- I just thought that the decision from Alex Neil was, was a bit strange. Not that I can argue with him. Or is it 18, 19? Unbeaten, I just think. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think with that, and I've seen Neil's get a lot of criticism for his subs as well, and like some of it is hindsight. And he came out and almost over-explained his decision at the end, I thought, justifying why he did what he didn't. This is the danger when you've only got like 11 to 13 players, really, who you think are capable of playing at this level, is... Maybe you do start overthinking your substitutions a little bit because you can't just change like for like. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the quality to do it from the bench, so he can't just say, "All right, this is working really well. Take him off for him. Take him off for him." And that's what the other teams we've been playing have been doing because mm. they have got the squads to do it. So maybe he is starting to overthink a little bit. Well, what can mm. I do? How can I be a bit clever and how can I be a bit creative to tweak the shape and tweak the system and try and see this game out? And mm. it's not a good place to be in, is it? No. Get, and, get in and, go on, go on, Richard. Sorry. No, no, I was, I was agreeing. It's just, it's it's really difficult. Like, there's so, so many sides don't have to change the shape when they make subs. And they'll, they'll have an idea of, now you've got five subs in, in the Football League. They, they've got an idea of who's going to finish the game for them. And they, they can do that. And they, they don't have to go, right, well, we're going to have to bring in, you know, an extra midfielder and, you know, go for, go for at the back. We they can just drop those players straight into the situation without having to change the shape. And well, Coventry for me was that's that, that's yeah, welcome, welcome to the championship. They just <laughs> yeah. put on four five subs yeah. straight away, pierce power, and all of a sudden we were like, This this is a new team, yeah, and this is that's what could happen in this league, yeah, yeah. Well, they need to bring in signings, I think we're all in agreement of that, and uh. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's it's frustrating. It's probably going to go near the end of the window, like at all. It has goes. to, and that's what happens. Everybody's waiting for that that domino to fall, and everybody moves into place because people will, will not release their players until they've got somebody in, and then they're waiting for that, and then all of a sudden you'll see they start dropping in towards the end, and it always happens. Which you you you, you obviously you prefer get them in as soon as possible, but just the nature of this freaking deadline. It is, it is indeed right. Well, we'll uh, take a little break there because when we come back. We will uh, review, preview, sorry, the uh, midweek game at Sheffield United. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Okay, Sunderland have their first league midweek game of the season. It's going to be a difficult one, and this could be a good yardstick to show us really um, what some of these better teams in the division are like. Um, so we'll do five minutes on that. But before um, our own Wise Men Say's own Jimmy Ray has spoken to a trio of people who he knows who are Sheffield United fans. And they had a little bit of a chat about the game. So you can hear that now. Hello there. Welcome along to a special section here on the Wiseman State Pod. Uh, it's Jimmy Ray here um, with a few Sheffield United fans who uh, I know because uh, I'm married to one. Uh, my wife isn't on this, uh, but her, my brother-in-law is. Yeah, that's Mark, his mate Tom, and uh, stepbrother Charlie as well. So uh, what I thought I'd do is just... Get the, get the lowdown on the blades from the people in the know. Um, I'm just going to, got a few questions to ask them, both about themselves and about us. So um, I'm going to start off, basically, lads. Uh, did you watch the game today? Or what did you think? Uh, you drew in Middlesbrough, didn't you? Yeah, it was a good game. Um, disappointing, obviously, to kind of concede after going ahead twice. Um, but I think a point away at Borough at the end of the season be a decent point. Mm, yeah, it's a two-point drop, though. They're taking yeah, a well, point, we, point before the game. Yeah, we yeah. we can relate to that after yesterday as well. But yeah, you take the point before, don't you? That's the thing. But um, it was obviously a, quite a tight game. It was Middlesbrough one of the favourites for promotion, like yourselves? Um, how do you think you've sort of sort of started the season? Are you happy with how it started, Charlie? Or do you think uh, you should um, do it more? Yeah, I mean, compared to last season, it's been a lot more positive. Uh, definitely looking good at home. It's just the away form we need to sort out, I think. Yeah, well, obviously we're coming to we're coming to your your, your sorry Bramall Lane, I should say we're coming to on Wednesday. So, uh, Mark, what are your what are your thoughts on on Wednesday's game? Looking forward to uh, looking forward to that. Now, get to want to get over the disappointing draw today. Uh, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I like watching us play at home more than you know we do away. But um, as Charlie said, our home record is very good. I think Hackenbottom's only lost one league match there, excluding playoffs. So, um, yeah, at home, quite confident. What about you, Tom? Yeah, it's similar, really. I think whenever we play away, I'm sort of not the most pessimistic, but um, I, I wasn't particularly confident today, to be honest with you. Like, like Charlie said, I'd have taken a point as well. But whenever we play at home, you sort of expect it to win, basically. 
Yeah, so who, who are the players we should be looking out for, obviously, uh, on Wednesday as the, as the away team? Who's, who are the guys to watch uh, in the Blades team? Um, Definitely, for me, um, Sanderberg, obviously. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Was that Sanderberg or was it? So he's uh, obviously a bit, Norwegian international midfielder, isn't he? He's... Uh, Definitely yeah. one of the best midfielders in the league, I'd say, uh, comfortably. Um, and uh, yeah, I agree. Whenever I watch the Blades, I think he's somebody who always stands out as, as looking really good. Um, Mark, you've obviously got uh, got Billy Sharp started today. Uh, did yeah. he start again on he, Wednesday? He came off at half-time, so I don't know if he's injured or, or what, if it was tactical. But um, I think Wednesday might make a couple of changes. I've played three games in the week, got a yeah. few new signings that haven't quite got minutes yet. So I'm sure he'll be... Trying to get them involved. Yeah, you've got you've had a few uh, players, Charlie, haven't you? You've sort of brought in who haven't really you haven't really had a chance to play yet. So, uh, do you think you'll sort of be looking at Sunderland as maybe a, a good game to introduce the likes of Kadra, Mcatee, people like that? Yeah, I'd be surprised if um, Doyle didn't start on Wednesday for Fleck. Um, Kadra's due a start as well, I think. But it's hard yeah. to get in the team ahead of um, Sander and Ndaye at the moment. So. Mm. Yeah, and Guy's another one, isn't he? He obviously started started last season strongly. He started this season strongly as well. He's sort of an attacking midfielder, isn't he? Really, um, he's uh, he's he's sort of improving his goal his goal return. I think a bit as well, isn't he? So he's certainly someone yeah. that I'm I'm uh, not looking forward to us having to face. Um, certainly, he seems to be in a, in a good vein of form. So, Tom, um, I don't know how much you've seen of Sunderland so far this season, but uh, have you got any sort of early thoughts on how we're acclimatising to life in the championship? It's always the same for uh, something sort of with promoted teams. I think you've just got to sort of hit the ground running and try and get as many points as early on as you can, really. Because when we first came up, it was just sort of a follow on from uh, the League One sort of promotion season. Yeah. Um, but I, I, saw the, I saw the Coventry game, which yeah. looked a bit flat, but it's natural to have that like, sort of first game jitters in it anyway. Obviously, mm. pressure on Sky. Um, we've not started particularly well either, to be honest, to draw a winning loss. So, I yeah. don't know. Well, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with sort of five points in three games, but I think you mentioned the Coventry game on yesterday. We conceded late equalisers in both of those, and I think that's not a habit I want us to get into particularly. It's like Roy the Rover stuff, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, um, it's just one of them where I just think that, like, look, looking at Wednesday from my perspective, I'm, I'm really sort of, we, we've been better going forwards than we have been defensively, mm. but I don't think we've played a team that are anywhere near as good as you guys are, to be honest. So I think the, the real test is going to come on Wednesday. What about your thoughts, Mark, on Sunderland so far? Anything to add to what Tom said? Yeah, been good. I think kind of carried the momentum from playoffs last year. Um, I think you'll be strong at home, um, obviously, with your, with your following. But um, yeah, Ellis Sims is obviously caught fire, hasn't he, for your early doors and I didn't rate yeah, that as a signing, to be honest. <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, I was wrong, being proven wrong. Yeah, is, there, is, he, is he the main guy you're going to watch? Is there anybody else who, who, who's uh, sort of stood out for you for Sunderland so far who you're worried about? You know, any areas of your team you think a week that we could exploit at all, Charlie? Or I think Sims and Stewart's going to be a handy partnership in the Championship. Uh, be interested to see how uh, Stewart handles Egan and our new Bosnian centre-back. They look, uh, they look quite strong together. Yeah. Especially, like, yeah, he, he, he's had a couple of good games, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. We we look quite open at the back today uh, in terms of sort of marking. So yeah. might be like an area where you could probably exploit because we, we've chopped and changed the back three down for, yeah. for every game now. So yeah. it's just finding a bit of a rhythm, I, I guess. Yeah, I think the downfall is is pace. I think when our centre backs come up against pace, you know they. 
struggle. Watford, Watford, la- oh, yeah, yeah, Watford last week with Pedro and Dennis. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Luckily, uh, Pace, Dennis I think he's gone, he's, isn't he? He's gone, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. he's gone, but he's, got, he's gone to Forest, hasn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. your, uh, your friends from the playoffs last season are... Like a week two. Really delighted to have seen them win. They win today. Yeah. <laughs> what are your, what are your predictions for Wednesday? Then give us a, give us a score. I'm there and scorers as well. Uh, well, blade scorers for you guys. I don't expect you to to necessarily pick someone. Tom, do you want to go first? Um, I think we'll probably concede. I think I'd probably go for two one blades. Uh, just because I'll sort of come up to rely on our home form. Uh, but looking at the amount of goals you. What you've scored already, like uh, yesterday, for example, um, you took an early lead, didn't you? So if you catch your sleep, and then who knows? But yeah, that's a two-one. And who, who do you reckon will get the goals for you then? Who get those two goals? I'm not sure. So I'd like to see Cadra uh, and a couple of new signings start. So uh, I'd probably say Berg again. He's got two in three now, so he's uh, well on his way. Mark, what about you? Score prediction, score, um, score answer. I'll go for a 2-0. Um, Blades win. And I'll have Indai to score again. And Brewster. Thought he looked good when he came on today. So yeah, he yeah. can get a Yeah, he's a good in the, he, you've got a lot of uh, a lot of talent going forward. Uh, the more I'm thinking about this, the more yeah. I'm going to now. Uh, Charlie, what about yourself? What, 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 yeah, what's your yeah, score and scorers? I'm pretty confident with it being at home. So I'd say like a 2-1 or a 2-0. Sander Berg to score. He's looking on form, probably playing for a move. Um, mm-hmm. And I reckon McAtee could get involved on Wednesday. Nice, nice. Well, um, obviously, I uh, I will have to predict us to win. Uh, I don't, oh, just because I have to predict us to win, because I always do. Um, I actually don't think we probably will. I'll definitely take a point. Um, you, the amount of players you've mentioned there that you've got going forwards is is definitely worrying me. We've not defended that well so far this season. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be uh, obviously watching the game on Wednesday with a, a bit more trepidation than uh, than I'm used to after a few years in League One. So thanks very much, guys, for coming on. Cheers. Okay, thanks to Jimmy there for sorting that out. I don't think there's anything we we could be that surprised about. They're quite confident. Um, they're, they're quietly backing themselves to have a, a decent season and they think that they will, they will uh, win the game. So this one's going to be a test, Lee, isn't it? A real test. Yeah. And do you know what, though? I've just, for me, just the recent, so we have just played QPR. Then we've got Sheffield United. Then we've got Stoke. Just sounds better than Accrington Stanley Burton. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, but again, going back, I'm quite confident. We're keeping the ball. We, we, we look, my always, when, when the pre-seasons were going, everybody's gone, oh, we're rubbish, not winning any games and stuff. I always thought, well, it'll always be with the first game of the season. Can we compete in this division? And I think we've proven that. Yes, we've got a few worries about the depth of the squad, etc. But I'm again, I, I don't think we'll get overrun by Sheffield United. I think we'll keep the ball. We'll have, we've got a good shape. And I tell you what, Stewart and uh, Sims will worry Sheffield United. We'll give them will give them a big headache, and if and, and, and the lads are scoring goals, I'm sure the two are super confident. Richard, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, initial we, thoughts. We've started better than them, so it's you know it's they've they've got um, mm. one of each having a win win drawn a and a defeat, and yeah, the the they the would argue those, the quality of opposition has been well. 
has been yeah. better. Well, yeah. But they played the, Watford, they played Borough. They also lost to Barnsley, though, so... Mm. Oh, was that in a pre-season? That was, might have been pre-season. No, no, yeah, Barnsley's in League One, man. Oh, uh, yeah, it was pre-season. <laughs> so they lost to, lost to Barnsley in pre-season. Yeah, so the beat, I think they beat Luton at home, perhaps. Um, they um, lost at Watford, first game. Yeah. And then they drew the, Borough, yeah. Yeah, the beat, the beat Millwall. Oh, it was a middle wall. That was yeah. it. Yeah, it was middle wall. Yeah, not Luton. So you know, there's still a little bit of a hangover for the, for them from the from what happened in the playoffs. Um, but on the other side, you look at you look at the squad. And you look at that. You know, they've got Sander Berge, who's who's starting to fire for them. He cost them, you know, a huge amount of money when they're in the Premier League. So they've still got Premier League players and Premier League money swimming around the club. So again, it's it's the quality of who's on the bench. It's the quality of of who they can bring on and and if even if we do start well, they've got they've got better reserves to to kind of see the game out. So it's, how's, it's just another test, isn't it? And how's this to flip things around, Lee? This would be the first time in a long time Sunderland have gone to for an away fixture where you think their home fans will expect a win if we can keep the crowd quiet for a bit. Yeah. When was that time we could see that? It's always been us that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, again, that, and that's the thing. That's the the joy for for all of us. And I think that's why you know we're really more disappointed because we we for me, I, I just feel more connected. This is more like watching Sunderland. This is more like really when the game starts. I mean, from from from. A, I mean, I was up about eight o'clock in the morning on on Saturday. I was excited, you know. So and again, I'm looking forward to the game on Wednesday. And that's how it should feel, shouldn't it? Not like. Oh friggin' hell, fucking Shrewsbury it just you know, it was just mundane in the League One. But now we are getting excited and and it's nice to go aware and think, do you know what, it'd be great if we can get three points here or even pinch a draw where before it was just like, Well, we should be winning here and that was that was the millions that we had. Yeah, yeah. Well be an interesting one, it really will be. Um can ask you for predictions. Don't have to be that specific with a score, but interested to know how you think we'll get on late. I'll I'll think we'll draw. I think it'll be a one-one. I think yeah. I think we'll come away with something. I'll be happy with that. I would retain our unbeaten start. Yeah, to life in 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 the championship, Richard. And I'm, I'm going to have to go go with the draw as well. Two-two draw. Okay, I'll be happy with that as well. I'm I'm I'll be honest. I'm fearing the worst a little bit, but you know, <laughs> that's just me being negative. Um, right, so Lee would like to thank you for coming on. Myself and Richard will come back, uh, take another little break, and we're just going to spend five minutes. I think people would probably want us to s- discuss um, the, the ongoings at the moment with, with, with the club and the customer service in particular. So when we come back, yes, yeah. we will... Thank you. thank you, Richard. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to have a little bit of chat now about the uh, customer service thing, and we don't like bashing the club for for, for no reason. We've done we've done a lot of um, uh, criticism. We've had a lot of criticism towards the uh, the the former owners, as everybody knows, and had to go through the challenge of um, getting together with other um, fan groups and Red and White Army and putting statements out and stuff. And like, frankly, you could do without if you just want to enjoy the football, which at the minute is quite good on the pitch as well. And we've got to manage who we all like. Um, and really get behind, but I think these things are all linked. In that, my concern is that the manager is so key to everything. He's glue. He's the glue that keeps us all together at the moment. And if this is an indicator of there being no money at the top, um, 
then it will be a concern that he, he's not going to stay around. So if anybody's you know been on Mars and they don't know what I'm talking about, um, it's the, the, there are a lot of issues at the moment today, and I think compounded by a, a release the put of the club have put out today to update people on when the club store and the ticket office will be open. Club store goes as follows: Monday closed, Tuesday closed, Wednesday closed, Thursday closed. Friday open 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. Saturday open 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. Sunday closed. Ticket office goes as follows. Monday closed, Tuesday closed, Wednesday closed, Thursday closed. Friday open 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. Saturday closed, Sunday closed. Now, before you get in any politics or anything like that, Richard, an organisation of this size, that is quite remarkable. It is. It sounds like a terrible Craig David song that when you when you read out <laughs> read out the days, but I, it, it it it's it's um and Red and White Army put a statement out of date in there. So go, go you know go and join them if you haven't joined them already. But go and find that, um, and you know they they're kind of they've kind of got it right when they're suggesting that you know this isn't a criticism of anybody who works at the club really. Um, this can only be that they don't have enough staff. They don't have a volume of staff that's required. It's yeah. not, it's, it's, and it's not acceptable. So it, I mean, it, it does point to that. And I know there's a lot of, I mean, the, you know, what, what we're seeing at Sunderland is a, a very small snapshot of, of what's happening in, in society. And lots of yeah. people are affected by, you know, not just the after effects of COVID, but, but there's, you know, global supply issues and, and all kinds of, of, of things caused by caused by you know caused by Brexit and caused by the after effects of COVID and the the, the kind of the the pressures that are on you know industry now, but that said, other clubs in the in the division aren't having the same issues. So why is it that Sunderland are they a victim of the fact that you know they are the clearly the biggest in terms of support as the biggest team in the league? Are, are those are those problems within the club being magnified because of our scale? Are we are we suffering from something that that other clubs aren't? No, is there something that can be? Is there a quick fix? You know, that's what the club will be looking at today. They'll they'll be the club. You know, the club staff that are there, and it, it's really unfortunate that they're they're kind of getting the brunt of the of the complaints because that's probably affecting how quickly they do their job. When they're getting complaints, it actually probably it'll it'll affect their mindset of how to get the job done as quickly as possible. And you know the the problems that we saw on Saturday with the with the season cards not working and 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 the huge queues outside Black Cat's house. Um, it's you know there'll be people who work there on Saturday who are expected in 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 an administrative basis on on on, on today, and they'll be like, "Why do I bother? You know, I don't get thanked for it." So, so we we do have to be careful about you know when we are criticising the club that we don't go after the staff and make it personal, um, and obviously well, they're not. But I just, well, I just can't believe it's, that it's, it's it's frustrating for for someone to have the issues as a customer and not kind of direct that anger towards the club. But when you're directing it towards the club, people are are are, are kind of humans on the other side of it as well. So. I just can't. Well, I just can't believe it. Uh, this is an operational decision by somebody that's letting yeah, this. I can't. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't. It's 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 too. Come on. We can't be that naive. It's too big of an organisation for the people who are tasked with running the club not to realise or be aware of these problems. It, it has to be lack of staff. It has to be lack of funding. It has mm-hmm. to be. It can't be anything else. And, and and the idea that a club this size or any sort of business this size can't even offer a basic level of customer service or set up 
a team that can reply to emails in good time or answer the phone and process a, a, an order. And I know that it's a ticket office, the physical ticket office are saying is closed, but I just can't believe, you know, that there will be agencies and there will be recruitment companies that can provide temporary staff if they need that provided. There are people who are qualified, of course, to provide capable members of staff there are there are industries that thrive on this and, and that have theirs this is their priority business so obviously gareth couldn't be um uh, could be with us tonight um he couldn't he couldn't be here today but he had a, a bit of a bad experience himself so we we thought we'd still give him the opportunity to air those views and this is what um happened to gareth for the weekend and how he sees things so with the uh... Statements today regarding the issues that people have been having at the game and the fact I'm not in the pod was suggested maybe I should record a little bit about my experience at the weekend. Um, I mean, my season ticket didn't work the first game either and that was a pretty bungled um, sorting out of that, but at least I got to go in and sit in my seat with my dad. Um, this week, my dad went in first at the turnstile and then I couldn't get in after him because uh, my season card wouldn't work again. So I sent to speak to a steward... Um, sort of on the west stand by the Premier Concourse basically um, and said my season card isn't working I've been sent here and they just said you've got two options you can either go to the ticket office um, but the queue's a mile long this is what they said or you can go on the Premier Concourse so I was like alright well what well, I, I want to sit with my dad, can I not go in through the Premier Concourse and go elsewhere through the ground? It, they were just, no, flat no. It was like, you got you just said, if you're not willing to take this option, when, and you're not willing to go to the ticket office, I can't help you. So it was a bit abrupt, really, considering the situation. That was, my dad had gone in, um, and I couldn't sit with him. We couldn't sit together for the game, couldn't go on a normal seat. So I ended up going to the ticket office just in case. But the queue was massive. I was talking to some people in the queue there, and you know they'd been waiting ages and hadn't moved. Um, so I went back to the west, back to the west stand, and said, "Well, you know, I'm going to have to take up the offer of this ticket in the in the Premier Concourse because otherwise I'm not going to see the game." Um, they did say my dad could come out and meet me, um, but. The steward in the stadium couldn't tell my dad how to leave, so he was stuck there. Um, so in the end, I didn't have a choice but to, but to take the seat and go up. Um, but there was a lot of very unhappy people, a lot of people who had been sent there under the same pretense as me that I was going to get sorted. Um, and then when they got there, they weren't told that they were going to have to sit in the Premier Concourse for starters. Um, so they were just like, no, like I want to sit in my seat. Um and it was, you know, I'd been outside the stadium for about 40 minutes um, trying to get in. In the end, I just took took the ticket and went in. The, the, the staff on the door had been completely thrown under the bus in the main. Like, some, there was a young lad on the door. He must have been late teens, early 20s, trying to deal with a lot of angry people. And he was doing his best. But, I mean, I don't know who made the decision that. It was like, you can either just go in the Premier Concourse or you can just... Or you can go to the ticket office as the only options because when you've paid hundreds of pounds for a season ticket and you're sitting with people most weeks, generally most people go with other people in the game. And it was just like it was just what they just weren't willing to facilitate a, a resolution to that. And most people go to the games 
you know, the the game itself is almost secondary sometimes, the experience you have with the, the person you're with or, or whatever, and, and that's probably been taken away from a lot of, like, hundreds of people on, on Saturday because of a, a level of incompetence at the club, and it's very frustrating. Um, and the the worst bit of it is, and I'm, I'm sure this is being mentioned by others, but in order to get my ticket for the Premier Concourse, I was told that I had to hand my season card in, so there was a big bag of season cards that this fella had taken off us all. So the club have got my season card now. And then the announcement today that the ticket office is going to be basically closed all week. Um, so, I mean, what are the chances of me getting my season card back before the Norwich game? And what's going to be the solution to the problem there? I mean, if I don't get it back, what are they going to do? Um, but really, it's not good enough and... You know, we're in the championship, we're not a non-league team. And, you know, it needs to be much better. A lot of talk about Steve Davison today. You know, ultimately, yeah, he is answerable because he's in charge and he's, he's sort of the, the, the fan-facing um, person in, in the club who's, who is in charge. But, you know, it, it, it's not just him, it's the people above, the people who have come in, Louis Dreyfus, Sartori, who are in charge. You know, they, they need the you know, invest in this in the infrastructure of the club to make sure that, you know, you've got forty thousand fans going to the game, they can all enter, attend, buy from the club. And at the moment it's not happening. So you know, it's it's just ridiculous. So whether I get into the Norwich game or not, we'll find out, won't we? Um but I guess I'll give an update if I actually get my season card back by uh, next Monday. So Let's find out if that's happening. To be honest, I'm not particularly confident. Brought the well, mood down there, guys. Yeah, well, <laughs> bloody, you know, we're not for the first time, obviously, but, um, you know, for no fault of his own. Uh, no, this, not at all. Occasion. It's, 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 it's even changed seats, Gareth. He's, he's, he hasn't had a reissue of his ticket, and a lot of the people that have had the issues are people who have got new tickets. Um, I, yeah. I, but you, Gareth's you tickets are the same, and his dad's all, unaffected. So I think the only thing you could say, like, you know, coming from an events perspective at least when they've filled people up to the concourse at least they've come up with a solution that wasn't just well you'll have to go and wait in the ticket office it's not ideal but I can, I can if somebody's still on the feet to make that decision then that's not the worst thing in the world but the problem is they shouldn't be in that position in the first place because that just highlights how shambolic everything is that the people's season cards aren't yeah. working the first, um, the first thing I thought of when when Gareth was was talking about this to to us on Saturday was, I let my daughter because I go to the match with my daughter. I let her go in first, um, just to make sure she, her ticket works okay. Had had she got in and I hadn't, you know, she's fifteen and she's not exactly vulnerable, but but I'd still be concerned about her rattling around the stadium like the lower bowl and then me, me having to sit up in the in the gods to watch the game with no with seemingly no answer from the club as to how to reunite us I think that that that's a that's an issue um and if there has been a situation where there's been a younger child you know disconnected from the from the parents just because through no fault of their own the, the club the club systems haven't worked on the day that's that that's a concern and I'd, I'd be I think I'd be a lot I think I'd, it would be a completely different kettle of fish um I don't think I'd be too patient about about that at all um, or understanding because at the end of the day you know you, you go to the match with your family to, for, for that shared experience not not to sit apart and to experience the game up in a seat that you didn't pay for by yourself yeah 
it's just basic. It's the thing, the basic things are getting wrong. And the thing is, but that's the first, you know, that's the public face of the club now. That needs to be right first. You need to be able to mm. um, run your business according to the amount of customers that you have. And that's not a new, it's not new. This is not like Sunderland have just found themselves at the championship level have never been here before. The club's always been run with this kind of, with these kind of crowds and this kind of demand. And I've never known uh, issues like it, and for it's it's quite pathetic to be honest. Uh, I'd love to know the reason behind taking people's season cards off them. Yeah, because I'm trying to think. I'm trying to make a logical from my point of view, or maybe when I've thought about that a little bit more, I might. But at the moment, I can't see. That's a huge I, admin. I, I, That's I, I an admin see, exercise. Yeah, I in can't itself see. Too. I can't see why somebody w- would think of on the feet would think of. I can't think of the rationale behind it. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's, 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 you know, we could talk about it. You know, everybody's having to say about this, particularly on social media and stuff. And um, it's not going to fill the fans full of confidence that if you can't get basic operational things like this right, then, then people are going to think, well, you know, why would we trust anything that you're doing behind the scenes? And why would we be able to trust you to keep the manager we've got, for example, as I said before? But it's pointless is going on and on about it. I think we just had to say something on it. And, um, you know, again, not aimed at individuals at the club, I don't think. Um, they're probably as frustrated or more so than we are. Um, it, this is going to the top of the club. The message needs to go to the very top. Invest. Invest on a playing squad and just as importantly, invest in the off the field stuff as well because you're getting it terribly wrong at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Matt, uh, I don't think Tom's around on Thursday. Matt will be back with somebody to look back at the Sheffield United game and look forward to the weekend's trip to Stoke. As always, thanks for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 